0: Right, chapter twenty-two of the confession. And if you don't have one, we'll we can grab a couple of the the, the chapters, uh, the, the handout for the chapter. But chapter twenty-two deals with lawful oaths and vows. Right now, there are no catechism questions that go along with this. But again, just a reminder: uh, take a look at the ninth commandment and all that. It goes with the ninth commandment because the ninth commandment deals with the matter of being what? False
1: witness.
0: Yeah, the false witness, so being truthful, right? Being truthful. And that's what this chapter is all about, being truthful, right? So the ninth commandment, a good one to review and couple with this when you're studying it. And we looked at Paragraph 1 last week, primarily, that's about as far as we got. Paragraph 1 of this chapter deals with what, basically, what an oath is, right? We get to vows in the latter part of this chapter, but what an oath is. And what we considered, what we learned, uh, we didn't know. And and this is a chapter, again, that deals with things that, that we use with some regularity, but maybe without thinking about what really is involved right uh, so an oath is dealing with two people two or more people but uh, there is some relationship here some some um, th- th- there are people involved and with an oath we're calling on god to be a witness and a judge as to whoever is taking the oath right Uh, If the matter calling on to be a witness, if it's an assertive matter um, dealing with uh, testimony, right? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is what happened, right? If you're under oath, you're basically with that saying, all right, God who knows the truth, right? I'm calling God to consider what I'm saying, and if it's not truthful, to judge me. Right? And the same thing with the promissory aspect of this. It also deals with a promise. If you promise and you bring in the oath aspect to it, you are again calling upon God who knows. Now this promise isn't something that maybe you're doing immediately. It may be a promise that may be five years away when you fulfill it. It may be longer than that, maybe shorter than that. But you're calling upon God again to consider what is being sworn to. Uh, and, and, and let me stop and say again this swearing, as we use the word, is not the way we would think a lot of times today when you talk about swearing. All right? Uh, a lot of times, that more often than not is going to be is going to carry a bad connotation. Uh, you are cursing. You are um, not speaking properly. All right, that's not the case here. This is very legitimate language, uh, and certainly used quite frequently uh, in Scripture. We see it. Reading uh, it's amazing. You start th- looking at things, you get a truth of of uh, the Scripture. Before you, and it's amazing how many times you start seeing it. Um, reading in uh, some in Samuel, and um, there were there were a number of times that Samuel called upon the people to when when he was dying and and uh, or when he was retiring, if I put it that way, uh, he called them to take an oath as to whether or not he had done properly by them if he had ever taken a bribe, or if he had um, shown bias, if he had uh, done something wrong. Um, Saul, not long after that situation, Saul takes an oath of his army that nobody will eat. Remember when they were chasing the Philistines? And Saul said, all right, no one eats until we've destroyed all the Philistines. I want you all, my army, to swear to me that you won't eat, but you will spend the day in pursuing. And if you recall, that's when uh, his son Jonathan, not aware of it, but his son Jonathan dipped his sword or whatever it was in in some honey that was there and ate of the honey. And um, that was an oath And we'll see that uh, as we study today, that uh, was not a a proper oath. It's a foolish oath to require. It was sinful on Saul's part, and it it was difficult, obviously, for the army. What do you What do you tell your king, your new king? What do you? No way. You know, we got to eat. How in the world are we going to make it through the day if we don't eat? Uh, and they, okay, we, we will we'll do that. And as a result, uh, they, by the end of the day, weren't really able to do much fighting and didn't accomplish what Saul was trying to accomplish anyway. So this promise, this this seriousness, uh, and we then, and the other thing in in, in the first paragraph that we thought about and considered was that this is an act of religious worship taking an oath is an act of religious worship and that's interesting because again we think of worship predominantly with what we will be doing here today uh, or with our studying God's word our praying, are engaging in things that we normally engage in when we worship, but taking an oath is an act of religious worship. And you recall why we, why we considered it to be an act of religious worship? What about an oath would bring it to the point of being an act of religious worship? That was our third question in our uh, questions that go with this, what makes a lawful oath a part of worship? And do you recall, it, recognition of God's what? It's the first thing here. If we're calling on God to be a witness, what is it that, we, that God must be able to do? Yeah, and he knows the whole, all the circumstances. He knows what the truth is. So it's calling upon God's omniscience to come to bear on what we're doing. No one else, no one else knows if you're telling the truth. It's not uncommon. You go into a trial, you tell your client, now look, people are going to get on that stand and they're going to lie through their teeth and you're going to know it and I'm going to know it but you can't prove that they're lying. Other than my client might get up and say, that's not the truth, this is the truth. But otherwise, you can't prove they're lying. That's why the matter of perjury is very serious. But you've got to be able to prove they're lying and that they were lying willfully. That is, that they didn't think what they said was the truth. So perjury doesn't carry with it quite the fear uh, and trembling that it might otherwise in, in days gone by. The whole idea in a courtroom, for example, of having someone swear, remember, do you solemnly swear that the testimony you're about to give to be the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? And it used to be, so help you God. You were swearing before God. You were calling God to bear. To witness. And if what I have to say is not the truth, may God judge me for it. Now that's the seriousness of it. That's the seriousness of it anytime. We... Swear to something. We take an oath. It's calling God to, It may not say that. It may not say that, but understand that it's only in God's name and before God that we take an oath. Otherwise, what's the significance of it? If no man can know your mind and heart, Maybe no man knows what the real truth is. Maybe the truth, finding out the truth, died with somebody. And now we're trying to piece together as best we can. But we're calling upon God in this act of worship because only God knows. God's omniscience. Right? And not only does God know. But God is the one, because he knows the truth, that can righteously judge. He can bring to pass the proper judgment related to the oath. So that if I lie, the judgment falls on me. If you lie about the same matter, the judgment falls on you. Right? And only God righteous. We might fool men. See, that's the significance. You and I might fool somebody as to what the truth is, what we believe the truth, even persuade them that what we know to be a lie is the truth. Happens all the time. Right? We might be able to do that and persuade them. And as a result, if I can persuade a judge or a jury, maybe I bring about the wrong result. But if it's under oath, and when that person is taken the stand, even without bringing the Bible, now they don't usually, it's just sometimes they'll still have you put your left hand on the Bible and raise your right hand. They just won't use the words. Whether you use the words and and use God's name, he's still involved. And if you lie, you're saying, God, you be my judge. And how and when that judgment may come, only God knows. Right? It's not that it's going to fall immediately, necessarily. I've seen situations, people lie, they get up, the wrong decision be made because they lied. And you're sitting there saying, Lord, where is the justice in this? You know, it, it does get kind of frustrating at times. Same is true in the church when you're trying to deal with matters and somebody won't be truthful Won't be truthful with themselves, won't be truthful with you, won't be truthful with God. And you're sitting saying, you know, where's the justice? How in the world can we accomplish what we should accomplish without justice? Well, justice will come. God will see to it. You can mark my words. God will see to it. You ask God to be a witness in a matter and you don't perform or you don't tell the truth. God will judge. You've asked him to. You've asked him to. So don't be upset or surprised if he does, when he does. Right? His omniscience, his justice, he is truth. He knows the truth. All right. And then paragraph two, where we left off last week. The name of God only, and I'm just reading paragraph two. I'm on page 596 of my material. The name of God only is that by which men ought to swear, and therein it is to be used with all holy fear and reverence. Therefore, to swear vainly or rashly by that glorious and dreadful name, or to swear at all by any other thing, is sinful and to be abhorred. Let me just stop there. The two, what two commandments did we just talk, basically, are we dealing with? If We swear vainly or rashly by that glorious and dreadful name. What commandment have we broken? Number three. Number three three being you are not to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Right? You broke the third commandment, which also is breaking the first, but but, but, uh, certainly directly the third. And then the second part of this, or to swear at all by any other thing, what commandment? What commandment puts something ahead of God? One, the the well, the first one, certainly you to have no other gods before me. And then if you substitute, when we substitute something for God, what are we doing? Jack?
1: Number
0: two, with the images. Yeah, the, the idolatry. So, yeah, again, both. Okay, so you've got now you're substituting because again, how is it we're substituting? Because we only can take an oath in God's name. So, if I take an oath and I do it on the basis of anything else, you know, Christ in talking with the Pharisee or talking to to the to his uh, disciples and. Um, Dealing with oaths. You're not to swear by Jerusalem. You're not to swear by the temple. Right? Now, I don't know. I haven't researched it. But I have to believe that if Christ is mentioning those things, it was happening. That is what, and, and very well the Pharisees may have had, well, for this oath, you can swear by the temple. For this oath, and that was some of the ways they got around themselves or allowed others to get around. Well, you're not bound by that oath because you swore by the temple when you should have sworn by Jerusalem or whatever. Uh, So you can't use anything apart from God. Because obviously those things don't know the truth. And they can't judge. Which is the point of the oath. Right all right, continuing with this second paragraph, yet, so you'd say, well, sounds like we shouldn't we just shouldn't t- swear we shouldn't we shouldn't make oaths, but the confession goes on yet, as in matters of weight and moment, an oath is warranted by the word of God under the New Testament as well as under the old. So, a lawful oath being imposed by lawful authority in such matters ought to be taken. So, if, if you were, using my illustration again, if you're a, a witness in a trial, then refusing to take the oath before you take the stand to testify for you as a believer would be a sin. Right? You can't object to it. Well, I don't take oaths. I believe but the Bible says, let my yea be yea and my nay, nay. It's a judge, I don't take oaths. No. That would be wrong. Because the judge is a lawful authority established by God through civil government. Right? And what they're doing involves trying to discern The truth, which only God himself knows absolutely. So certainly in a courtroom, which you would like to think truth is the primary goal, who better to ask to come into play than God, who knows the truth? We see in our proof text, Well, let me let me just hit my questions before we um, before we look at some of the proof texts there. Um, my first question: How do men so often, women as well, how do men and women so often abuse using an oath? Um, and again, it's. In part, I think, because the language a lot of times we use, we don't use God's name. And it's just like taking God's name in vain. There are a lot of phrases and things that we use that takes God's name in vain. You know, well, I, I, I didn't use God's name. No, you use something, though, that brought the attributes of God into play. Remember God is known by more than just the direct names. And anytime you use, for example if you know, you're, you're using um, here, I, I'm trying to think of um, um, I, I um, well, I'm back to promising or swearing the um, you use, you see in print today and you hear people say, they'll use the O-M-G now you haven't directly used a name of God but you have because those who know what those letters stand for the G does stand for God right um I forget which one it was, but yeah, you ever hear people say, um, oh, uh, holy cow. You ever hear people say that? Yeah, well, there, there are aspects of these phrases when you do a little study and get the history of them, you find out that a lot of times they either were part of false worship Or somebody's tried to abbreviate or to camouflage a word or words that is taking God's name in vain. So we certainly have to be careful. And and my question, um, how do we so often abuse using an oath? It's the same way. We, we, we simply want to emphasize what we're saying. You know? I swear, it's true. You ever say that? Well, if you do, basically what you've just done is if you didn't mean, if you were just using that as a phrase to put an emphasis on what you're saying, you just use God's name in vain because you just called God. To, in, in, to, to, to bear upon what you said or what you're saying, to be a witness to it and to judge you if it's wrong. But it happens all the time and we get used to it and then we can be just as guilty of it if we're not careful. So we, we, we use these phrases sometimes one might say, as God is my witness. As God knows my heart. Okay? You've heard those things. I've heard them. Probably have used them. Going through these things and studying some of these draws you up short sometimes. Makes you stop. and Whoa. Yeah. I use some of these phrases all the time. It gets to be part of our, just part of our speech. Just like a lot of people who are who are cursing, for them it's just part of their speech. Either have no clue, have no thought sometimes about what they're saying or what it means. No? Well, God doesn't hold you and me. He, he doesn't make excuses for us. Oh, well, they 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 didn't really mean to say that. No, before God, if we used his name in vain, we used his name in vain. It's wrong. So our speech and our thought, we've got to be careful and on guard and make sure that what we're doing and saying bears a right testimony and is bringing glory to God, not a reproach. Because that's our duty. That's our duty as Christians. Second one. uh, Second question. Is it ever right for a Christian. To take or make an oath. How many say yes. Let me see your hands. How many say yes. Is it right for a Christian. To make an oath. Okay. Um, Now for all those that didn't raise their hands. I want you to stand up. And tell me why. Uh, But. Yeah, we we do it all the time. In fact, we do it in the church. Quite frequently, ministers and elders effectively take an oath to be responsible before God for the duties they are assuming. And you bring God to bear on that if you don't fulfill those promises, those duties that you've promised to do. Civil, president of the United States, governor of the state, county, your your local elected officials generally will take an oath to uphold the Constitution, to govern as they should. Um, so nothing wrong with those oaths and requiring them, because those are solemn occasions, solemn situations, solemn responsibilities. Ben. saying that if you say, I swear, that what I'm saying is true, and it is not your intent to make an oath of it. You are just trying to emphasize what you're saying. You're trying to make somebody believe you a little more. You're trying to put a little oomph in your yay, being yay, all right? Then you have used, though, even though you didn't use God's name out loud. When you said, I swear, well, who are you swearing by? What's the point to say, why do we say, I swear, that what I'm about to tell you is true? I swear, what, by myself? Well, now you are placing yourself in the place of God. I swear... So my point being that when we use the language, even though we don't add to it, I swear in the presence of God, I swear before God that what I am about to tell you is true. Now, if you are trying to, if it's such an occasion that would justify an oath, nothing wrong with that. But if you are just casually using the words "I swear" to, to try to emphasize something, without thought, that I'm calling God into this into this situation, I'm calling on God. Then yes, you have sinned, because when you said "I swear" okay, just casually, you have. Use God's name because you are not to swear, especially as believers. Now, an unbeliever wouldn't have a clue, probably. But as believers, we are not to swear by any other than God. So the minute you say, I swear, you have invoked God into the situation. Okay? You know, again... Do we do it? Do we say it? Do we hear people say it? Yeah. Do you hear Christians say it? Most likely. Because we have become a bit casual, maybe indifferent, maybe just unknowing. Unknowing. You know, we're not to take God's name in vain. Okay? If I take that seriously, I gotta watch. I gotta think about. Everything I say and do, as to whether or not I'm taking God's name in vain, and certainly that would be one occasion. Joe, so, that answer? Yeah. I- I would agree with you. Um i guess
1: what I'm thinking through is when it, when you're saying it constitutes a, a sinner taking the word thing in vain, I think there's there's some need to actually be intending to do that or to um be breaking the law. In this case I I don't see necessarily you know either either an explicit breaking of the law or an intent to
0: to do so. Yeah, I- and again, that's where the casualness and and our culture a lot of things that come to bear on this. Yeah, and, and you don't have to intend to break God's law to be guilty of breaking it. Right? I think we can all agree on that. That certainly, you know, whether you intend and, and what's in your mind and thought, do I think that the people who say that are intending to invoke God? Into the situation. No, that's my point, in part. I don't think they are. Well, if they are not, what would be the reason, the point of saying, I swear? As a believer, why would you ever say it if you were not invoking? And then what we're learning is as we swear, we are to swear by God's name only. So then, if I say I swear, have I not brought God's name into the picture, whether I've said it or not? Because, as a believer, right? As a believer, first line here in this second paragraph the name of God only is that by which men ought to swear. Then, if I say I swear, Have I not in some way either misused God's name or if I intend to do it, if it's my desire to to make this person feel much more comfortable, much more assured, look, before God I'm telling you the truth. As God knows my heart, I'm telling you the truth. If we are trying to give some added assurance, but of course, what the whole point here, and the point of the, the ninth commandment, bringing it into play, is that as Christians, truthfulness ought to be part of our nature. You shouldn't have to. If somebody knows you're a Christian, the, the great thing would be, well, I know you are a Christian and I can trust what you say. Then you don't have to swear. They already know that your heart is so desirous of pleasing God, of doing what's right, that what you say, it, you know, a man's word is his bond, you know, that type of thing. Uh, well, with a Christian... That's why James, that's why Christ, let your yea be yea. You don't need to swear by anything, generally speaking. Because truthfulness, because truthfulness, Christ himself, I am the way, the truth. I am the truth. Truth is something that flows from God. Right? So if we are going to be Christ-like, then truthfulness is, should be that which flows from us by the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Good. Good question. Anything else? Any other question, comment, thoughts, Charlie? Yeah, in Scouts, every time we met together, on my honor, I will do my best, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and again, um, you, we we get into some of these things where... Have we done wrong in, as leaders in calling? You, you as a parent have to be careful that you don't, as it were, call upon your child or require your child to take an oath or allow your child to take an oath that shouldn't be taken. Okay? Okay? Serious matter. But there is an obligation. We'll see it here. We get to it today, which we won't. But uh, we'll see it. There is an obligation of those in authority to keep those who are under them from taking wrongful oaths. Part of your job in overseeing is because you know they, they may not, but you know the seriousness of what they're doing. That's why I say this this is a, it's a chapter. It's a very somewhat fascinating chapter, an interesting chapter, because it's something we don't think about that much. But it's something we do an awful lot of. And what is actually happening when we take an oath or when we take a vow, as we'll see, as we get to the latter part of this chapter. So, the um, it's certainly okay to take oaths, but again, realizing what they are for, why, what we're doing. And I, I ask in my third question, what is the best approach for believers to take in most matters requiring a declaration or response? Okay? And that's just what we were just talking about. Just to say... Let your yay be yay or your nay nay. You, here's my response. No. You don't have to emphasize it. You have to give it. Jordan? just uh, uh, because I mean
1: words are pretty blunt. Yep. Um, yep.
0: The, the, if you if you my understanding just from from my reading and studying is that what christ was dealing with there was rules that the Pharisees had made that dealt that, that allowed men to break their word to take oaths and then break their word and because of some technicality who they swore by him, you know and that's where you use some of the the don't swear by heaven you know, because, number one, you swear only by God's name. So there, as in, I think, James, it's the same, same truth, I think, and that is you, you, you want your truthfulness, you want to be known as a truthful person. You're not, you remember I said last week what Christ was my little crude illustration As you growing up, maybe you were telling somebody something, and you you crossed your fingers behind your back, you know, and you told them, and then then you said, I I didn't really mean to have my fingers crossed, okay? Well, I'd I'd almost tell you that's kind of like what Christ was addressing. No, you you don't cross your fingers behind you. You don't look for ways to get out of being held to what you say. If that's what's happening, something's wrong. As a believer especially, something's wrong if you're making excuses and trying to find a way to get out of what you've promised or what you, quote, took an oath. In Christ, is saying, no, no. We shouldn't be playing games with truthfulness. You ought to be of such a character that when you say yes... It means yes. When you say no, it means no. Can you? Christ himself, and the reason Christ wasn't teaching, or at least we can certainly, I think, understand this, that Christ wasn't teaching against taking an oath ever, was that when Christ was before Caiaphas, he took an oath because Caiaphas said, Under oath, in essence, if I can put it this way, under oath, are you the Son of God? In Christ, it is as you said. Paul took an oath. So we have evidence of people that we would say if that was, the the teaching was never, ever take an oath. Well certainly Christ then wouldn't have taken an oath. Paul wouldn't be taking an oath. We we would we wouldn't expect that. So that's about the best I can do for you. Derek, did you have Yes, I promise I mean you, you say I promise all the time if you say I promise you're not calling God into the people. at that juncture no maybe that's where Ben was going with that with people that say I swear they're not meaning I swear to God they they mean to say I promise but they use the words I swear instead of I promise but they
1: mean I promise
0: yeah I mean if if and again, it's one of those things where I don't know. I mean, God's the one. I'm simply trying to help us all, myself primarily. <laughs> Think about what we say and what it means. Because, again, um, what's the reason? What's even say, I promise what I am about to say is true. Because. Why do you have to say I promise? Because what you're about to say ought to just be true because you're a Christian. But I, we, we, we do it. And, you know, perhaps it's an indictment on us that we, we seem to have to. We feel like we have to. Why? Do you not think people believe you? Why? Why? I mentioned last week. See, we, we've all had, well, I, I know that person promised, but I'm just not sure I can believe them. You know? And and we've thought that and said that about believers because maybe sometimes we aren't as true to our word as we ought to be. All right, well, my time's gone. Jack, I may have to hold it next week. but
1: yeah. Say for
0: Yeah, let your words be few. Um, it's it's the, the one instruction probably every attorney tells his client. When you're asked a question, just say yes or no. Don't elaborate. Because in elaborating, you quite frequently just hand somebody a noose and tell them, all right, go ahead and hang me. You, yes or no. If they want to know something else, we tell them. If they want to know something else, let them ask you. But just answer yes or no. That's all. And you're sitting there, when, and people get nervous. And on the witness stand, you're nervous. And when people get nervous, they talk. It's just human nature. And Boise, Boise, when you're sitting there... And here comes the question, yes, but but let me explain. And you say, no, 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 please, no. Uh, So anyway, all right, let's close in a word of prayer. Good, good questions, thank you. Father, again, we are grateful to you for your word. Lord, you've given us your word to instruct us uh, the duties that you require of us and what we are to believe concerning you. And, Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would help us to use it, to use it constantly, to use it wisely, Lord, to use it as you've intended for it to be used. So, again, we thank you for this time. We thank you for that which you've given to us and the helps, the confession that we are studying, Lord, the things that help bring our focus into some things that perhaps We wouldn't think much about otherwise. Lord, may it be profitable uh, to us. So be with us in this time between now and the service. Lord, bless our fellowship. Then, Lord, we pray that you would be with us, minister to our hearts through thy word. Help us to worship thee aright. Thou art a great God. Thou art our God and our Father. We're thankful that we can properly understand and appreciate to the extent our finite minds will allow us, the greatness of who thou art. We see it in the things you've created. And Lord, to help us understand and appreciate that you are also our Redeemer. Lord, we are thankful this day for salvation through Christ. Lord, may it be a good day, a good Sabbath day, that reminder that, as it were, weekly rainbow of what you've done for us in Christ. So bless us, we pray, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.